0: WRKS Pickens-Jackson You ready?
1: Let's go! 10, 9,
0: 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Out-of-Bounds Show with Bo Bound. Streaming around the world live at the Out-of-Bounds radio app And on your radio at ESPN 105.9 Where are you? The Zone
1: All right. good morning, good morning. Welcome in, out of bounds, 105 down the zone, ESPN, brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. Uh, Mondays are always presented by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Looks like everything's shaken out as far as starting quarterbacks in the SEC with Auburn and A&M making uh, announcements over the last few days. And calling their shot at the quarterback position. Both the uh, Rebs and the Dogs will host Auburn this year. Um, And we don't know if T.J. Finley will hold the starting position. But he will be the starter as of now for Auburn. He's an LSU transfer. Uh, He's been there a couple years at Auburn. So, we'll see how that looks. And then Haynes King, which most of you don't know who that is because he played for like five minutes last year before getting injured. Unfortunately, um, he beat out Max Johnson, the other LSU transfer. Max Johnson decided to leave LSU and go to AM. and he's been beat out there too. And he can play like you could name dozens of teams. Where good, some of them good. Where like Max Johnson's better than Stetson have been at the fourth. Um, but. He chose to go to A&M, and I don't know, Blake. He may never play, or he may play, you know, I mean, I I take that back. He may play mop-up duty against Sam Houston after A&M gets up 42 to nothing. Um, And he may play some mop-up duty against maybe an App State or something like that. But he chose to transfer from LSU to A&M. We're going to see this a lot with the transfer portal. Most of it's not going to work out. The hit rate, I think, when you're operating on all cylinders, is going to be about 40%. But the number will hit 30% You know, some years, where for every 10 players that you landed, you'll hit on three. Mm-hmm. As somebody within the Alabama empire, one of their many, many analysts in-house guys said, there's a reason why these guys transfer. It's not because they're the best players. Uh, every now and then you'll see that. I mean, Caleb Williams, you take that out. He followed his coach. Yeah. Okay.
2: And higher programs poaching lower programs. A la Alabama taking a Georgia a, a Tech a running, running back, back or or Ole Miss taking a Georgia Tech D end or taking a Wyoming kicker or something like that, right? Yeah. But but I'm with you. The the other side of that coin is Miles Brennan, who was convinced not to transfer and now has quit football because he didn't win the job. Yeah so I mean there's for all the people who say, oh, don't transfer, stick it out. Well, hey, newsflash, sticking it out doesn't always work either.
1: Well, neither one does. Correct. But, but the transfer portal is going to, is not going to be the fairy tale that it's been sold. But now we, the players wanted the right. I get it because head coaches and assistant coaches leave every other day uh, for better gigs, it, take out getting fired, you know, These guys move around now. There's so much money. You know, an offensive line, defensive line coach can make seven, eight hundred grand. Yeah. So these guys, I mean, we're paying running back. We're paying. We're paying a devalued position running backs coach five hundred thousand dollars at because he's a super recruiter, right? I mean, he's not a he's not a difference maker inside the staff room while watching film or breaking down X's and O's or fundamentals and developing. But he's a, he's a warrior on the recruiting trail, so he's knocking down six six hundred. Players wanted that right and that freedom. Cool. I can't wait though, Blake. About another three classes from now, where we'll have a big sample size, mm-hmm. and we'll have about by then we'll have about five years, and we can really see the hit rate from the transfer portal. And will it even be at forty percent?
2: Well, but my, my counterpart to that would be unless you're going Lane Kiffin, Lincoln Riley this year where you have to go 30 players in the portal, which that's not 20, 21, 22 players in the portal, which is an astronomically high number. If you're taking 10 guys and you're hitting on three or four of them every year, if you're hitting the right positions, that can that can be enough to be a successful use of the portal for your school, right? Like for me to have something and it be successful for me, it doesn't have to be successful for everyone. I think this will be a coach-coach a kind of program-by-program program s- study where too. some programs and some coaches will utilize it well, and their 40% hit rate will look like more because of the positions that they hit on well, and, and how they use
1: them. If it's a player that we watch every play like quarterback, we'll yeah. think that the hit rate is much higher. The edge rusher. You get that it s- is. star receiver. Oh, absolutely. If, if a Mike
2: Leach every year could add one edge rusher and one receiver in the transfer portal – We'd be looking up in five years and go, "Wow, Mike Leach is really using the portal well." Right? Whether he is or he isn't, in theory, good point. We would look at it that way. And I think at the end of the day, for the top twenty-five programs, the portal is about managing attrition and depth. Right? It's not going to be your make-or-break players more often than not. It's about managing attrition and depth.
1: Speaking, it was like when Brewer, Cheryl, Tuberville were hitting the JUCO. When you hit it, man, was it glorious. Mm -hmm. When you missed, you really got behind the eight ball. Okay. And so Brewer, Cheryl and Tuberville had several classes, just depending on time where they hit on, you know, even three or four juco guys that were able to come in, start really good players. Some of them even went, you know, boom into the NFL type deal and and you were sitting there. The buzz. There was a high from that as a fan. Yep. Right. I mean, we 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 got this player from home. Well, then from Hines, we got this player from Jones, and we got this player from Colin. And oh my gosh, we hit. Um, you're gonna. I think you're framing that up the right way. You're gonna see some of that around the country, and especially when a quarterback or a wide receiver hits, people are gonna assume. Oh man, the transfer portal's golden. Yeah. It's automatic. We'll always go there and win. When you're going to have some classes that are absolute and total busts.
2: Well, and that's what makes this Kiffin thing so interesting is that it is a great examination of, well, look, we may be looking up at the end of the year and going, wow, Lane Kiffin killed it. He can do this every year because he hits on a high number of transfers. But you're, A, not going to hit on your transfers that way every year, and B – Putting that many kids on your roster on a year in and year out basis is going to be tough to maintain. Yeah, right. It's why it's why teams in the NFL that draft well have longevity of success. It's because when you have less cycling of your main core players, you have more consistency.
1: Yeah. See, bar two is all is still all about bringing in high school players and yeah. de- letting them hang around and develop and so on. It will be interesting to see if some teams like. Southern Cal, Old Miss, maybe some others can can make it you know can make the transfer portal yeah. really really pop. I think in an program. ideal
2: situation Kiffin's portal heaviness this year is not what you want on a yearly basis. I think this is He a, may
1: have had to do that yeah. after after landing in a pretty good spot with what Matt Luke uh left him you know he may have just had he felt like he had to do that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I agree.
2: I think moving forward you'll see them not be near so same with Southern Cal. Southern Cal's not gonna have twenty players from the portal every year.
1: No, because Lincoln can go get really good players from from the high school level. Yeah. And and make that uh and make that work. All right. Good show today. Out of bounds, one oh five down the zone, ESPN. Bill Shakes told us in the first hour that Georgia was not going to take a step back. Is that because of schedule? Playing in the East? And, And who they draw from the West this year? Which is really lined up for them. They're going to play Auburn and Mississippi State. Lakes Mississippi State Bulldogs will host the Georgia Bulldogs on November 12th. Show is brought to you by Went McGee, the mortgage man. Mortgagemanms.com. Went will shop the best rates for you, and you're going to need them. Mortgagemanms.com. I have to tell you about this game changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z Biotics. Let's face it.
0: To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From high flying touchdowns Touchdown! to bone crushing hits, there's only one show that brings you the best performances from Mississippi high school football. So it's almost game time, we gotta go. Let's play some ball. It's time for the Bank Plus Player of the Week on ESPN go! 1059 The Soul.
1: Uh, big weekend in high school football last weekend. MAIS, MHSAA. Some awesome performances throughout the uh, metro area. The Out of Bounds Show. ESPN 105 the zone. Brought to you by Bank Plus. Bank Plus, it's more than a name. It's a promise. And, uh, man, we have a great list here of 36912. Yeah, 12-13. Outstanding young men that had awesome weekends over the weekend. And I have a feeling that several will pop up again with uh, throwing up some ridiculous numbers um, as far as uh, at quarterback, uh, running back, wide receiver, among other uh, positions. But for your uh, week one, bank plus... Player of the week on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 1059 the zone. We are gonna go with uh Lester Miller. Brandon High School wide receiver, nine catches, two hundred and three yards and two TDs, and uh well, they ran Oxford out of the stadium. And the Brandon Bulldogs let everybody know that um well they're hunting that six A state championship. And now I think we get Brandon and Madison Central this week. But congratulations to Lester Miller, wide receiver, Brandon High School, week one, bank plus player of the week, nine catches, two hundred and three yards and two touchdowns.
0: He walked out on that field and it was like football uh-huh. Jesus had hit.
1: And man we could have gone several different directions as far as uh guys in the in the metro area who had yeah. who had big weekends so we'll do the bank plus uh, player of the week on Mondays looking forward to that want to say good morning welcome in we're live in the bank plus studio Bank plus player of the week is Lester Williams Brandon High School uh, wide receiver who put on a clinic against the Oxford Chargers over the weekend and now we get Brandon Madison Central this weekend. Can MC hang? According to our text line the last <laughs> few weeks. No dice. But we'll see how it looks over the uh over the weekend. A lot of you will already be in start and well, in Oxford. Um I will. And uh you can, you know, stream all the games. Of course, we'll have MRA football and ESPN one hundred five down to the zone. I think they host Pulaski. Um, the team that's just one and one and one out of Arkansas this coming weekend. And then we'll have Mississippi State football on 105.9 The Zone ESPN. And then starting the next week, we'll have MRA, Mississippi State, and the New Orleans Saints. Who that On ESPN 105.9 The Zone. So excited about that. Um, well, I am. Blake may not be but
2: I am. Uh, that's all right. I don't have to listen to the station all the time. Oh, wow.
1: Wow. Should I? I need to... Well, have, you're bitter because, well, you're a Cowboys I'm fan. I'm going to have to reach out to
2: my... I'm bitter analysts.
1: because I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm going
2: to have to reach out to my people in Dallas to see if we can get the Cowboys on the station. Man, forget the Saints.
1: We need we, This needs to be a Cowboys station. Uh, Troy at Ole Miss, 3 o'clock SEC Network, and then... Uh, Memphis at Mississippi State is a 6-30 kick on the U. The U? I'm trying to think the over-under on how long I'm going to stay at the game. We'll see. Out of bounds, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. Um, brought to you by Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland, Lake Harbor. Uh, Blake recommends the... Blake? Dirty the Bird Route. Well, that's oh sorry. At
2: B3. I was thinking, I was thinking
1: about B three because that's okay. where I'm going
2: to. Uh, I like the uh, yeah the chicken sandwich with the turmeric mayo on the uh of the bulldog. Yeah, Burger. you
1: make it sound fancy. We went to a pretty fancy place over the weekend. Uh, you know, Alice Beach is very posh, way over my skis. Okay, <laughs> it's a beautiful area. Don't get me wrong. I'm 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 happy for nice developments and beautiful places, and the architecture is amazing. We went to Alice Beach for lunch right when we got there. And we went to a place called The Citizen. Oh, that sounds fancy. It's it's real swanky.
2: Yeah. That sounds right. swanky.
1: Again, way over, way over my skis. I had a swordfish sandwich. All right. It was delicious. Um, our app we we ordered, oh gosh, I don't know, a few dozen oysters. And, and they were delicious. They have an oyster bar right when you walk in to the right. It's got a real cool vibe and feel. What I like about what they did at the Citizen, because I had not been. I thought I had. And if I have, I forgot. Anyway, Wendy had been a couple of months ago, and she told me how good it was. And then I know somebody who works for Alice Beach, and they told me how good it, it was.
2: It's sweet looking.
1: Yeah. And But here's what I love about it. I'm big on, you know, when you travel, a lot of times you want to eat at the bar. Because that's where the party is. And I don't mean party like frat party hanging from the rafters. No. Uh, you know, raging kegger, but that that's where the so people are moving in and mingling th- and there's conversations and if you hit on a big bar, not hit literally, but if you have a good bartender, male or female, you can strike up a good fun conversation yeah. and get to know more about the community when you travel. Yeah. And so the one cool thing about the citizen and Alice speech was their bar is amazing. Yeah. It's sweet looking. It is really well done. And, uh, to me, you know, that that's got a little pop. It, it, it gives a restaurant a little more pop and flavor. This is what I didn't realize about Ruth's Chris's. Um, when we went on Saturday night, you know, we went local on Friday, citizen, local Alice surfing, deer, local seaside. um, and again, I told, for those of you just t- tuning in, I told everybody it, the, the breakdown of female to male at Surfing Gear <laughs> at 8 o'clock on Friday night was 95% female, 5% male. So if any of y'all are single and you want to hit, you, know, you can't get out to Vegas during the fall, Q4, whatever, I highly recommend 30A because every single girls' trip is going there within about an eight-state area (laughs) and every single bachelorette party. We didn't really, uh, we weren't paying attention because we're it's the blind lead the blind when we go on a guys' trip. And, you know, you're relaxed and you're having fun and it's constant trash-talking and just, we're just having a great, all we do is laugh and, and so on. This is our 17th guys' trip. That's crazy. And I think that we should be, well, we are in the Hall of Fame because we haven't played one round of golf. In 17 years and haven't put a hook in the water once, which makes us amazing. But when we finally sat down, one of my buddies looked around. And he went, we're the only guys in this restaurant. There were 200 women. That's funny. Ages 25 to 65 surrounding us at Surfing Deer. So it's just something for you guys that are single, whether it's Blake or whether you're 50 years old. Something that you may want to think about as you're planning and it, it does it get any better than watching football at the beach? It just doesn't. Um I don't, I was gonna round that out with some oh, back to the citizen. Unbelievable restaurant bar. Very, very cool. No, but that takes me to Roos Chris's speaking of bars. I did not know that the Roos Chris's in Destin was that cool. Uh, because we we always go to local places, but when you got six guys you want some serious steak and potatoes, and we got burned last year at a place that we went. And we just, we had been on that place for a while and it just, we had to make a move and it was the right move. We walk in Bruce Chris's on Saturday night and it is hopping. Well, they have a super cool bar called the East Bar in there. And when I tell you that place was packed with good looking people, 30 something years old to 60 something years old, holy smokes. But had a great day. Di- great time down at the beach and i feel really good about it that 17 years in we haven't played uh, one round of golf and uh we have yet to put a, somebody said uh, are you going deep sea fishing i laugh. we're live in the bank plus studio out of bounds espn 105.9 the zone streaming live on the out of bounds radio app
0: This is the SEC Insider Hit, Presented by your local Farm Bureau Insurance. Go local. Go with a home team.
1: And Steve Robertson will join us in five minutes. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home. And save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent in any of the 82 counties. In the state of Mississippi, oh, it's finally here! You know, game week. Um, I love the off season, but it's time to get some really good games going, and hopefully, well, we will have some. It may be one that we didn't think would be really good, but uh, we'll have some good games over the weekend. I'm looking forward to that. Um, you'll hear this throughout the week. The games of the week are Florida and Utah, and. LSU and Florida State. I think some people are going to try to give you Notre Dame Ohio State. Um I just don't see it. Can you believe the gap is that large with a team that's ranked 5th in the country?
2: Yes. That's Notre Dame's getting the Texas treatment, right? They're <laughs> they're up there because they're Notre Dame. Rookie, and, and Michigan. Rookie coach, rookie quarterback. Right, ton of roster turnover. I, you know, come on. There, they may get beat by Ohio State as bad as Ole Miss beats Troy.
1: In all honesty, true. I mean, they might be that bad. That's
2: tongue in cheek, but they might they might lose by twenty plus points.
1: Yeah, easily. Hey, Florida State LSU's on Sunday night.
2: Yep. And Clemson, Georgia Tech is Monday. So I mean, you get you get football from Thursday through Monday. Every day you have college football.
1: I'm loving that ABC Sunday night. How about that? Do you
2: ever think we get SEC games like with this new ABC TV deal and all the different changes, do you think they look at doing some special SEC scheduling?
1: In 2 years?
2: 2 3 yeah, just kind of down the line. Oh yeah. How much? I guess I you know, we've been very staunch in our traditionalism of SEC scheduling, right? right. Where other schools look even the Big 10 has had games on Friday nights. And they're a quote-unquote traditional you know, power conference. Do you, do you see the SEC opening up their windows with this new TV deal?
1: I don't know what other... They already play from 11 a.m. till, I guess, seven. sometimes yeah. 8 o'clock kickoff. You got Thursday night. Uh, yeah, and the SEC is avoided uh, for the most part. That was kind of the cool thing in the 90s. Yeah. And it bled into the 2000s, and then athletic directors realized, hang on, my <laughs> alums can't get here on Thursday for the most part. And Now, I don't know how that looks post-COVID where people have more flexibility, but, hey, we need our restaurants and retail to benefit from Friday, Saturday, and yeah. sometimes even Sunday breakfast or shopping, sure. yeah. um, like in Startville and Oxford. So, but see, in the 90s, when I was in school, that was a cool thing when Ole Miss and Mississippi State were on Thursday night. Yeah. But you weren't going to get the draw most of the time. Sometimes Ole Miss and State drew big. I mean, I remember 92, my first game as a college freshman, MSU hosting Spurrier in Florida, and they beat them 30 to 6. Place was packed. Yeah. But for the most part, it was not as easy to get there. Um, I don't know what other game, I, I, maybe I think what you're hitting at is, will they put a focus on that early 11 AM game like the big 10 has. And I'm just not sure that Sankey and them feel like they need to. Um, they may go hard to 30 and then seven prime time, especially with ABC double headers. Yeah. And then they know that they're also going to drop a game on ESPN and the sec network at three o'clock. Of course that, That whole deal is the reason why CBS and SEC do not like each other. Uh, As the article that you and I referenced last week, they really threw the gauntlet down at each other in 2012 when A&M and Missouri came in. When CBS didn't budge. And the SEC asked for more money, and CBS said no. And then the SEC said, we're going to drop a 3 o'clock game. Not that it was the premier game, but we're going to drop a 3 o'clock game against the 2.30 game and they hate each other. So now the SEC will go to ABC in yeah. two years.
2: And CBS is paying a ton of money for the like fourth option of the Big Ten.
1: Congrats. Indiana and Purdue. <laughs>
2: Northwestern and <of> Nebraska.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, we're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. And um, the show is brought to you by Bank Plus. We're live in the Bank Plus studio and the show is also presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue, the official health care provider of the Out of Bounds Show, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. want to give a shout out to uh, Ag Up Equipment for your next John Deere tractor, John Deere lawnmower. You can hit any of their 18 locations, agup.com. Uh, they have a location in Canton, Ag Up Equipment in Pearl, Ag Up Equipment in Canton, AgUp.com, John Deere, America's Tractor. We welcome in Steve Robertson on the Yingling Lager guest line. It's finally game week. Good grief. Get to see what maybe a little bit of what we have with, uh, with MSU and Ole Miss this weekend, although the lines are pretty damn high. I would give the points in both games. Um, and yes, even in the Mississippi State-Memphis game. But we'll see how it looks. And shakes out. I won my bet with Northwestern Nebraska. Took Northwestern. I'll take those 12 and a half points. Thank you very much. We welcome in uh, Steve Robertson, Jeans Page, uh, 247 Sports, the Boneyard Podcast. Uh, Steve, do you have anything on Jaden Uh where you think this could uh, – uh, how about this? When do you think he could be back for Mike Leach and Zach Arnett?
0: Well, I think a lot of that's still a matter of discussion. You know, he he will not play this weekend, but we, we're just not sure yet, you know, what his availability is going to be, you know, for the next few games. I mean, that's that's one of the things that they're very tight-lipped about, as you can imagine. And you know, we'll ask Mike Leach today, and he'll tell us that uh, everybody's healthy and everybody's available. But, uh, you know, has not- did not participate in the final practices of camp, and so we just don't know. And uh, I was on your show last time, and I mentioned, uh, you know, we thought John Lewis might be unavailable. I think he's probably out for this game, but I, I think that's probably going to be a situation where there's better news than perhaps maybe we had uh, feared early on.
1: Okay. All right. So b- better news on John Lewis, right? Uh, yes. And then what do you make of Woody Marks?
0: Nah, he's available. He's good to go. Yeah, I mean, like he 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 turned an ankle in that that scrimmage that everybody was able to go see in person, and you know that, that's the thing about opening up practice. You know, it's you know, and they're going to be real careful with guys, as you can imagine. You know, they're not going to push guys, but uh, a lot of people saw him leave, and they were like, oh, well, this doesn't look good. But yeah, he's he's expected to play this weekend.
1: All right, uh, what what is the question mark that you're interested to see if they can? Uh play well or may maybe play better than you expect this weekend.
0: I think it's the offensive line. You know, I mean it's like that was the group I guess kind of going into the camp and probably had you know the biggest concern about. It. I mean you lose the first rounder, you don't get better, you know. And so you know, can they be good on the offensive line. And Dollar Bill Johnson, he was a guy, you know, early on that it was It was kind of nip and tuck between he and Percy Lewis. But in the second half of fall camp, it was Dollar Bill taking all the first team reps, and he performed well in those scrimmages. And so I think State's going to be good at left tackle. But, you know, until you get out there in a game and see these guys develop some cohesion, you really don't know for sure. But uh, I I think everything else are in really good, really good spot. You know, it's just uh, right tackle, Cam Jones appears to be there. And then Cole Smith and Albert Reese were both uh, competing there at right guard. And it's interesting, you know, Albert Reese first part of camp he was you know consistently the first team right tackle and then they slide cam jones out there and you know he's kind of a you know kind of swiss army knife type guy can play just about everywhere up and down the line and now there's a possibility albert reese may not start and i i don't think that's because he's regressed i think it's because a guy like cole smith has really stepped up his game and you know cole's a guy too that plays with a lot of emotion A lot of passion. You know, he's the first guy to celebrate when they make the end zone. I think you need a guy like that. I mean, he's got some dog in him. And so I think State's probably got about eight offensive linemen that they're really comfortable with. I think all of them will play in some capacity on Saturday. Uh, But, you know, seeing how that group kind of gels together, I think will determine the early part of the schedule.
1: They lost to a bad Memphis team last year. Obviously, they should have won won the game, but they didn't. Um. now that they're hosting Memphis and they're older and they've got a much more older team than they've had in the last three or four years, when you look at that line, um, do you feel like that MSU had should blow Memphis out this weekend?
0: I-, I think state should win comfortably. I mean, you know, it, I guess it depends on what you define as a, it's a blowout, um, But I think State will cover the line. I mean, I've seen it at some point. I guess it was as high as 16 and a half, and I guess it settled somewhere around 14. I I suspect that come game time, it'll go back up a little bit. You know how these bookies are. I mean, it's like if all the money's going on uh, Mississippi State, they're going to – or on Memphis, they'll lower the line a little bit to try to get the favorite, uh, you know, some action. But, uh, yeah, I I expect State to win the game uh, comfortably. Maybe it's a game for a quarter and a half, you know, perhaps a half. But I think in the end, you know, it's just kind of like that drip, drip, drip thing. You, you keep dumping those passes off and you keep, keep doing the underneath stuff. Eventually something breaks loose over the top. And I think with the experience this team has on defense and what you brought in from the portal, I think it's going to be difficult for Memphis to, to kind of keep up in a ballgame like that.
1: Do you, are you 100% confident that Will Rogers has taken another step forward or do you think he'll be what he was, which was still good?
0: Well, I think even if he was what he was, you know, you're in good position. But I do think he's taking a step forward. And just watching him in practice, probably the thing that jumps out to me the most is the leadership piece. You know, it's like, you know, a couple years ago, perhaps it was a deal where he almost kind of excused himself and said, hey, I think this is how it's supposed to be. Nowadays, it's like, hey, get up on the line. Okay, let's go. You know, so that there is a confidence with him. Uh, there's an expectation of his teammates. You know, it's not where he's out there guessing, kind of trying to figure things out. He has a real command of this offense. And I think after you a know, year and a half of experience as a starter, I think it's really become his team. And so uh, I'm excited to see what he does in the games and just, you know, just kind of watching him in practice. There, there's just a confidence with him that I would say maybe uh, has hit another level. I think the team responds to that.
1: Uh, if you had to guess who's going to be electric at wide receiver this weekend? Who will that be?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. And, and that's the thing, too. Like, we have talked about, you know, that there hasn't been that, quote, breakout wide receiver. I mean, this time last year, we couldn't wait for you guys to see, you know, Makai Polk because of what we'd seen in fall camp. You know, this year, I think the group as a whole has kind of elevated itself. I don't know if you have that true bell cow guy that's going to catch 10 passes a game, but I think you make it up, uh, you know, kind of by committee. Uh, I think Malik, Uh, excuse me, I think um, Caleb Ducking's a guy that has been outstanding in in camp. Now, can he take the next step? I I think he can. You know, I don't think he's a 100-catch guy, but I think that he's a guy that will catch 60, 70 passes this year, and I think fans are going to be pretty impressed with him. Uh, He he just seems to have hit another level himself, but uh, Jaden Wiley is a guy, we've, we've known it for two years. If you let him get space, in the secondary, it's going to turn into a foot race, and more times than not, he's going to win that. You know, and he had some issues with drops the last couple of years, and that hadn't completely disappeared. But uh, he is a guy that clearly has Will Rogers' eye. You know, Will looks for him in big moments, and so I think the potential for him to have a really big year is there.
1: Do you sense that there's a little bit of a, a revenge game, or it's just a it's just a season opener?
0: No, I think there's definitely a revenge factor here, and I think a lot of it's because Mississippi State is embarrassed for how they didn't put that game away last year, and they kind of allowed themselves to be in a position for some fluky things to happen. And so uh, they'll downplay that all week in the media and that sort of stuff, but uh, you just kind of get the sense they're eager to get Memphis on their home field and uh, and, and maybe kind of, uh, you know, I guess you could say redeem themselves a little bit. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, that State's up two scores in that game, and Emmanuel Forbes picks off a pass in the third quarter and sets you up in the red zone. You come away empty, and that and that really proved to be, you know, one of the most significant offensive drives in of the ballgame. You didn't even attempt a field goal, and you go for it on fourth down, you know, close there, and, and you come away with nothing. And that energized that Memphis team. that allowed them to kind of stay in the game. If State scores a touchdown there and goes up three scores, I suspect that game gets away from Memphis. But I think Mississippi State doesn't see as a situation that they were defeated by Memphis. I think Mississippi State feels like that they lost the game and it was really all within their own reach. And so I think you will see a renewed focus and I think that you will see them um uh, dialed in pretty good. Mike Leach shouldn't have to say anything. As you mentioned, that was a really bad loss and uh, to a Memphis team that was very average at best. And then you see State go on the road and beat A&M and beat Auburn, and you think, well, how in the world did they lose to Memphis? It was really one of those things that kind of was a bit of an anchor on the season all year long. It's like, I cannot believe we lost to these guys. And so I think they're tired of hearing about that, and I think they're going to come out with some, some pretty strong vigor on Saturday.
1: Steve Robertson, 247 Sports, the uh, Boneyard podcast, Gene Spage. Uh, he joins us on the Yingling Lager guest line. MSU will host Memphis six thirty Saturday night in Starkville, and they lost to the Memphis Tigers last year uh, in what was a pretty crazy game. What about Zach Arnett? Why why would Mississippi State people? I mean, they're hoping this happened, and, and some of uh, closing the gap or about masking this maybe deficiency. Maybe the fact that they are better, and I think they are, talent-wise, on the defensive side of the football. Um, Nets numbers went the other way in red zone scoring efficiency. Why should MSU fans believe that they can get better when it comes to that this year? I think a lot of it, I think they
0: call them to be a little bit different, too, because I think you can afford to be a little bit more aggressive when you have quality safety play. And State at times last year really struggled at safety. That's where the big plays came. If you go back and look at the, you know, the games, and I'm sure many of your listeners have went back and watched those games, you know, during the summer months, because there wasn't a lot going on. It was safety play. And I think when you add Jackie Matthews in and you add Marcus Banks, even though he's a corner there, I think you begin to realize that, you know, you have the personnel to maybe employ your scheme at a pretty high proficiency. And so, I think, I think you're going to see this group really kind of get after the quarterback. And I think, you know, getting Jordan Davis back is huge. I think seeing DeMonte Russell take a step forward is huge. So you know, this is the most experienced and skilled group of players that Zach Arnett has had here at Mississippi state. So, uh, you know, he should have a big year. I think a lot of it's going to boil down to the, you know, the quality of personnel that they've been able to retain and also, you know, kind of procure from the, the, the transfer portal. And so, uh, I'm excited to see that group play. We've watched them in practice, and they're a very physical group. Um, they, there's a swagger with that group I don't think existed last year, and you, know, you and I have talked off air before. State never really had that dog in the secondary last year, especially the safety position that, that made people fearful, and I, I think a guy like Jackie Matthews can be that guy. It's important to keep him healthy, uh, but you know he's a guy that's still kind of settling in, sliding over from the corner after playing at West Virginia, but I, I really like this defensive group, and I think they'll, they'll certainly finish in the top half of the league this year when it comes to uh, total defense and red zone efficiency.
1: Steve Robertson on the Yingling Lager guest line. I, I'm already receiving text on kicking game. Um, where do you want to go with that? How, how do you? How confident are you in it, or is it a wait and see approach for Steve Robertson? Where are you with kicking slash? special teams
0: i'm a lot more confident than i was you know midway through the year last year i mean this time last year we thought we had all that settled with brandon ruiz and of course he gets injured and then it becomes uh you know basically an exercise in futility i mean mississippi stayed among the worst teams in the country last year in field goals but massimo biscardi has been really good in camp and uh last report i had is he had missed one i think in four straight days and so uh, that's encouraging. Uh, ben Rabin's a guy, too, that'll probably handle the longer field goals and be your kickoff specialist, and so I expect the special teams as a group to be better, but especially uh, place kicking, and that, that was determined the, the, the season last year. I mean, you know, you missed three field goals against Arkansas, and you lose by three. I mean, that, you know, that, that sticks with you for a while, you know, and uh, you you missed the big one against Ole Miss right before the half. I mean, there's just things like that that are just kind of momentum-draining moments, And you just didn't have – you know, Nolan McCord was asked to do a job that he just simply wasn't ready to do. And, you know, I'm I'm sure he'll have a good career somewhere else. But there's not a Mississippi State fan in the country. It's not going to be holding the breath when the kicker goes out there for the first time. So it's going to take a little time for Biscardi to kind of earn the trust of the fan base. But I do believe this group's going to be much better than what we had a year ago. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of toss-up games that are going to boil down to one possession. So you've got to be able to convert, and I believe they will.
1: Who's the backup quarterback? Is it Sawyer Robertson, or is it Lovertich or is it someone else?
0: It's absolutely Sawyer Robertson. I, I would say in fall camp, he probably took more reps than any other quarterback, and I think a lot of that is because you, you got to get him ready just in case, right? I mean, you know you know what Will Rogers can do, and uh, there was a time there, I think, you know, Will was probably taking, I don't know, 35 40% of the snaps, and Sawyer was taking the rest, and... Uh, that's just good coaching. Now, Levertich, you know what you know what he can do. I mean, you, you put him on the field last year, and he was very successful when he was out there. Of course, he didn't have to play when the game was still in, in question. But I think they feel good about where they are at quarterback. And you know, the, the, biggest, the biggest issue is you have to keep Will Rogers healthy. You have to keep him upright. And as long as you do that, you're going to be able to put up a lot of points. And so uh, Sawyer, I think, has, has taken a jump this year. I think getting game reps uh, will be big for him. I do think he will play at some point this year. Uh, but the reality of it is this time of last year, he was just basically running scout team stuff. He wasn't taking reps for the ones. He wasn't uh, competing against a first-team defense, and and now he is. And so, as a result, I think you've seen him grow a little bit. That big uh, catch you saw over the weekend on Mississippi State's social media accounts from Rara Thomas, it's an absolute dime from Sawyer Robertson. And, and I, I think in, you know, his time is going to come, but I think Bulldog fans can be excited now that you, you've got a guy with that kind of ability available to you.
1: All right, Steve Robertson predicted a forty-five point win for Mississippi State over Memphis this weekend, and uh, I think Steve is—I re- think he's tired of covering practice, and he's ready to see a ball game and and see how this uh, this shakes out. Are you going to go to? Uh, are you going to Tucson?
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I'll be out there. I mean, when else am I going to get a chance to see that? Right? Yeah, I'm leave. I'll leave. Uh... Midweek next week, and I'll go out there and cover that. Yeah, I, I go to every game, home or away, baseball and football, unless something uh, major is going on that I can't. But uh, I'm looking forward to going out there and, and seeing the Bulldogs play in the desert. Okay. All right,
1: thanks, Steve. We'll talk next week. Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports. He joined us on the Yingling Lager Guest Line. By the way, uh, Broad Street Bakery uh, posted an unbelievable pick of an amazing sandwich and a yingling lager beside it, and it looked awesome. We're live in the Bank Plus studio, out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Um, Blake, I do have to throw this out to our listeners real quick. I I need another chair. Oh. Like a really... I, I want a, I want a better, nicer a office chair. I need to know where to go to get it. Mm. Um, And... You know, if there's a local place in the Ridgeland-Madison area, I'd love yeah. to know. So, if our listeners want to hit me up on the Ag Up Equipment text line and tell me where to go, would love to hear. You know, some recommendations on a a really nice chair to sit in for hours and hours a day doing the show. I we we I've been with this one for uh, what are we going on now? Six years in the new. I think it's more than in that. The new isn't studio. It? When'd you move in? what year 15 De- December right? of 2015 yeah so you know right at six years and uh yeah so ag up equipment text line is 601-885-3776 if you have any recommendations on a uh a place that I can get a really good quality office chair studio chair to sit in let me know uh the show is brought to you by highball eats speaking of lunch today Highball Eats in Fondren. Um, they serve lunch and dinner. And Robert St. John, restaurant tour out of Hattiesburg, took his greatest hits, dropped it at Highball Eats. And the Gumbo, the Po' Boys, all kinds of amazing food. They're open for lunch and dinner. Plenty of parking behind uh, the Capri and Highball Eats. Obviously, they have the Capri. Highball Lanes. But don't forget, Highball Eats is the restaurant and bar. It's open for lunch and dinner, and it is Robert St. John's greatest hits.